This episode of This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty is brought to you by Brentano's. Welcome to This Podcast is Making Me Thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 78. Today's guest is a writer and comedian. He was one of the original writers on Seinfeld, Mark Jaffe. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at This Thirsty. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 78, Mark Jaffe. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 78. Today's guest is a comedian and writer who has worked with Paul Reiser and comedy legend Gary Shandling. He's the author of Sleeping with Your Gynecologist. He wrote the one man show Side Effects May Include about his experience dealing with his wife's Parkinson's diagnosis. And of course, he was an original writer on Seinfeld. Please welcome Mark Jaffe. Mark, thank you for joining us. Thank you, boy. What and the, uh, that applause is just deafening. <laughs> well, this is this is a treat, Mark. Um, so take us back. You jo- you joined Seinfeld in nineteen ninety. Oh, okay, sorry. Right? I, I want to make sure what was behind me before I took you back. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, so how how did it all come about? I know you had a relationship with the Riser, and then uh, how did you meet Jerry and, and get onto the show? Uh, boy, I met, uh, I don't know when I originally met Jerry, probably it was years before, uh, I started writing on the show, but just, it was one of those, uh, hanging out in clubs and, uh, saying hello, uh, and, uh, maybe one time being on the same show. I don't even remember, but, uh, then, um, yeah, I started writing for Paul and, um, shortly after that, Jerry, the Seinfeld Chronicles came on the four episodes and uh i thought oh man this is this is up my alley i i would love to do something like this but uh i was uh, living in cleveland and um jerry ended up uh doing some stand up gigs between the end of the that four session season and uh and the next season and one of his places was cleveland he came to uh, hilarities here in town uh, so I went down to see him and reintroduced myself after the show and said, uh, you know, I'd love to submit some stuff, just <laughs> the chance that he was right. looking for somebody. And he said, well, actually, we are looking for someone. And uh, so I, um, I I sat down and wrote like six pages of stand up uh, just to hand to him and um, uh, mailed it into him. And then like two days later. I got a call and he goes, I love it. You're on board. So it awesome. was, <laughs> I was pretty amazed, but really thrilled. And, uh, you know, my life would, uh, would take a, a nice turn for the better. And Jerry was always, he was always good. I saw, in the, especially in the beginning time there, he was, uh, given young guys, uh, opportunities, guys that he didn't necessarily know, but just, uh, would look at their work and, it was just, uh, I, I think I was able to hit his voice pretty well. And so uh, that's, uh, that's what did it. So uh, that's, I went out and was there for the first season. And, and so as, as um, 
you know, as a writer on that first, that first group there, um, was it, it seems to us from what I've gathered is it's really your, your pitching ideas to, to Larry and Jerry. And, you know, if they like it, then you kind of run with it. Um, you know, the limo is one of our favorite episodes of all time. It's in our top five and I know, you know, you're credited oh. with it. Um, yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's, it's incredible. Um, curious, like, you know, take us through how, you know, was that the first one that, that kind of got through or was there any before that where you kind of were given, given your pitches and, and things kind of, uh, made their way on screen that were, you know, coming off your brain? <laughs> well, so, I mean, I went out there and my specific job, the reason Jerry hired me was, uh, he, he was going thinking to himself at the time. I, I were doing, they were doing the stand up interstitials between the, the beginning, the end, and even sometimes a couple times in the middle was the idea because right. it had the whole conceit that it was, uh, you know, him where his material came from. So you kind of right. had to show the material. So I was hired to write the stand up. That was specifically uh, my, my job. And Jerry thought, oh man, I'm just going to be overwhelmed between the acting and the writing, all the stuff. And I'm not going to have any time to do the stand up. So um, that's, that's what I, I went there for. And, um, uh, that was while I was out there that first season, that was my, that was my full responsibility. And I didn't really pitch show ideas. Basically I would just get the shows once they were written and comb through them to try to figure out stand up bits ah, that we could do. Okay. So that's how they, they always matched the show back then, like you said, and even in the middle, they yeah. would match the show. So yeah. you had the whole yeah. script and would then be like, okay, what, what bit can I write off of the script? Yeah. Yeah, so I would just write pages and pages of stuff, and then Jerry and I would go hit the clubs every night. Uh, we'd go to the improv, go to the comedy store, wherever it was, and uh, you know he'd try the things that uh, between he and I that we'd written together, or that I written, or you know whatever appealed to him or whatever he thought was good, he'd, he'd go and edit it down and uh, oh, wow. rewrite it on his own, and uh, we'd hang out, and I would take notes uh during the shows and he was always <laughs> in the morning i'd make sure I, I would always get there early and i'd have my little tape recorder and i'd make notes and changes on you know where this worked or where it didn't or here's a good change of this line or something and um and uh, i called it notes on a show and i'd just give him a page when he showed up in the morning he, he said that was his favorite thing and he was getting notes on the show uh so that's uh, that's how we'd work them. And then it was like every once uh, a month, every six weeks or something like that, we would tape all the stand up, um, okay. you know, for, for all the shows together. And, you know, we'd bring in a make it make the set into a club and bring in a bunch of uh, extras to the audience, which I always thought, man, that's what a what a good extra job. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's interesting. So he was he would do all of the sets at once. So the audience in that club, that made up club, had no idea the where it fit into the actual show, the right. episode. Oh, interesting. Right. So he just like run run the whole thing as if it was a yeah. set, a full set in front of people. Yeah, I mean, well, because obviously the stand up had to stand on its own anyway. Because yeah, I guess in a way it did. The, yeah, I never thought about if it. If he's going to be in a club performing it, it's. I mean, obviously it's going to be a setup, so you can get away with. Some sometimes you might have to. Sometimes I I can't remember really if it was edited enough that you didn't need the setups. Um, but he would do the setups for the audience cause he wanted it to be like a stand up, you know, regular stand up show. So, uh, yeah. And then those kind of, 
over time got faded out. And then, yeah, so the limo, I just, um, I mean, I was at, uh, yeah, I was pitching just pages and pages of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, every now and then. <laughs> so, yeah, what, something what you, hit. how did you pitch that, Mark? Did you have a like a full script or was it more of a concept? I know Larry Charles and Larry David kind of stepped in and I guess helped write it. But yeah, tell us a little bit of how that, that process went. I mean, tell us the limo. It's such a unique episode. I mean, it's two two guys, quite frankly, acting like children. It's just like pure joy from <laughs> like getting away with something and then like, you know, reacting to hearing having, like, having it come back. Yeah. It's pure it was, magic. I, I, I was um I, I pitched I think I pitched it fairly fairly early on, just this idea of uh uh going and, and saying, Hey, I'm O'Brien or whatever name it was, because that's something I always wanted to do. I'd come in yeah. the <laughs> guys with the signs in the airport and I, I wanna go, hey, it's me, Because <laughs> how do they how do they have any idea who it is? Right. And uh uh so basically that was what I pitched was going up to the limo driver at the airport and stealing a limo because uh, you just say who you are. And then, so then the question became, okay, well, that's a great idea. It's a great premise for a show. Uh, who's, who's it going to be? I mean, cause something has to happen because of it. How do they get their comeuppance and all that? So um, it went around like Larry Charles came up with the idea of it being the neo-Nazi guy uh, pretty early on. But everyone was like a little squeamish about it and whether it would work or not. And then it went around for like a month or six weeks or something. And uh, people would come out with, oh, how about this? How about that? And and nothing ever made as much sense as that. And so finally I said, you know what, let's let's write it. And, and Larry, you know, took pen to paper and, and came up with a great show. And uh, yeah, so it was it was perfect. So that and so actually, that's I'll tell you a fun, the funny story about the whole <laughs> whole thing. I mean, yeah, funny in itself. But uh, so it was uh, 2004. Um, the uh, presidential election, uh, Kerry and uh, Kerry and Bush, John Kerry and, and George Bush running for re-election, and um, it was a really tight race, and as at least it used to when we were a normal state. Uh, it often came down to Ohio and and Cleveland because it depends how strong the vote is in Cleveland determines what is going to happen in the in Ohio. So Larry was very involved in the campaign and the Kerry campaign, and um, he was coming and I was involved in the Kerry campaign here, and Larry was coming to Cleveland. For, so I got word through the Kerry campaign. They said, oh, Larry David's coming to Cleveland. We need someone to pick him up at the airport. <laughs> and I was like, I'll, I'll pick him up. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen Larry in a few years. <laughs> so uh, he was flying into, I had to go get a, a I couldn't use my car because I had a Toyota or Honda or something. And uh, he had to use an American car. It was just stupid thing but uh so i had to borrow somebody's american car and i went to pick him up at the um 
there's the the smaller downtown airport, not the main airport, and he was coming in. So I get there, and I I couldn't resist. I, I held up a sign, O'Brien. <laughs> and i waited to, and larry gets off his, the private plane and he walks down and he sees the o'brien sign and he, he chuckled for a second and he didn't realize it was me i had a, i had brought a beard in the interim and uh he hadn't seen me in the beard and then he does a double take he goes mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was it was like uh, life imitating art imitating life or i don't know what that is that's a fantastic story i mean Love yeah it. that episode and you mentioned it it took and then i'll tell you the, the great thing for me was the, the rest of that night uh, uh of course carrie spoke but uh the cool thing was uh springsteen was there performing and mm-hmm. um and and so we, larry and i go to uh you know once larry realized it was me he said oh come on and hang out and we'll do whatever so we're getting something to eat in the hotel and he gets a phone call and it's springsteen and Springsteen is going, I'm, I'm behind the security lines and I, I, all I want is a cheeseburger. <laughs> Can you bring me a cheeseburger? And Larry's like, yeah, we'll get a cheeseburger. So we get, we get Springsteen's, we get these cheeseburgers and then we got to get past security and security's going, Who are you? we're bringing Bruce's cheeseburgers. And <laughs> I get a walk back and I get to meet Bruce in his, in his, uh, you know, uh, trailer and, uh, oh man, it was it was cool. Good wow. hanging out with Larry at the time. <laughs> wow. La- Larry and Bruce in 2004. That must have been something. Yeah. That reminds me of the old uh, story with Mark McGuire. It just ties into the Yankees and Larry David. And when he was having his home run chase, they come in and said, the boss is here to see you. Meaning, George. Right. And then uh, McGuire turns and says, Springsteen? Oh, so kinda <laughs> interesting. But um, so the limo, you, you said it took about a, uh, over a month to kind of curate and put that together. Was that yeah. was that common in those in those earlier days? Was there time to kind of work on things? Um, no, I mean, not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, once once there was an idea, uh, I mean, once there was an idea, it was it was followed through problem was coming up with the ideas you know until you you know until you had an actual show some beats or some idea of where it was going then you know you can do it so mostly that was just in coming up we got this little nugget of something that uh you know can be a show but is it really so um yeah that that's why that one took a while but usually once you come up with an idea and larry likes it you go okay let's do it like so then the uh, another one that I did was uh, pick. the pick, yeah, um, classic, and, and that was uh, that went too fast. I was a little disappointed because I came up with the idea for the uh, nipple on the Christmas card. <laughs> the nip, yes, and, uh, yeah. I mean, but um, I how'd you, uh, come, how'd you come up with that? <laughs> uh, well, I could probably show you the picture. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can show you the picture, but, uh, um, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, um, was, uh, taking Christmas morning pictures and he, uh, took, uh, one picture, uh, that he sent out to the whole family, uh, cause it's a nice picture of him and his one-year-old daughter 
and uh, in front of the fireplace and he's in his robe and he didn't notice, but his robe is open and he's hanging out. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the stocking is hung. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he sent this to, you know, he's got four sisters and his mother and none of them immediately noticed until my wife looked at it and it was like, Oh my God, Scott. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, pitched that. That's I, I, you know, again, it was a little bit of trying to figure out, like, is it going to, it's, it was going to be too much if it was Jerry in that kind of situation right? for network television. And so changing it to Elaine and her nipple. But, um, so Larry said, you know, he, he immediately wanted it. And, um, uh, he said, uh, you know, write up, a write up an outline of the, of the episode. And I wrote it up and sent it to him the next, like the next day. I remember I was in a stand-up gig in Canada. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll get this to you as soon as I can. And I got it to him the next day or, uh, or the day after. And, um, and he, he called me and said, well, I just, it's a Christmas show and we're too tight on time. And I don't have time for you to write the whole episode and then for me to rewrite it and everything. I'm just taking it over. So, I mean, that one went too fast. If it had been a regular show, then I could have had been able to get the full writing credit rather than just a story credit. But, um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was that one. Was that, was that commonplace where Larry sort of would make that decision? Like if the writer was going to run with it or if he was going to run with it or just because of those time restraints on that one. Yeah, I think it was just, I mean, I wasn't on the staff at the time. I was freelancing. So, um, uh, I, but I think for the most part, guys, you had time to write it. I mean, anybody who, you know, you see gets writing credit, then the, they, they at least, at least did a first pass. I mean, for the most part, everybody, it wasn't just me. Everybody says Larry rewrote everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's, is what I saw when I was there. So, right. Uh, and and no one ever complained that their stuff wasn't as good as the first time. <laughs> yeah, we we have talked to a couple of writers, especially ones early on, like uh, Matt Goldman and uh, and, yeah. and Pat Hazel. And you know, uh, Matt Goldman told us a great story about Jerry meeting with an executive at NBC and how he kind of told him he was sticking to his vision. Uh, I was curious from your perspective, being there, you know, so early on. What, what was your take on? you know, on the show and, and where it was going and, you know, and season two, you know, no one knew. I mean, we, we were huge fans in season two watching it live, but it wasn't the hit that it became, you know, just being there early on. What did you kind of take from, from working, you know, in that atmosphere with Jerry and Larry and, and everyone else? Well, uh, I mean, uh, a couple, I, I guess you could take it from that. They had their vision, which I, I, I think, they kind of did. They had their vision of how they would like it, like not necessarily how the exactly what the show was going to look like, but <laughs> that they wanted a show where they had uh, autonomy and all that. I'm sure, you know, that stuff they wanted. So there was certainly, um, you know, I remember the tapings and uh, uh, then the go having the meetings or the table reads and having the meetings afterwards in the office and, uh, um, I remember one time I uh, ineptly uh, tried to stick up for a point that Larry was making. and I didn't do it real well. Larry got all pissed at me for doing something, which is 
Larry is the best person to have yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I, I, I told him once he was just like yelling at me and I'm just laughing at him because his yelling is so funny. And um, <laughs> I said, you, you are the best yeller this side of Alan Arkin. I loved Alan Arkin, but, um, but yeah, Larry would get, he'd, he'd go nuts in some of those meetings and, you know, they'd stand up for the every little thing they'd fight on so many different things uh for for their you know what they wanted in a, in a given episode in terms of i mean they cared about they cared about the writing and the comedy and that's what they wanted to stand out so um you know they they would always fight for that and and for the actors too i think they would they would fight for them and uh but it was yeah it was a battle here and there and it wasn't and and I, uh, larry didn't necessarily i mean he his vision was i remember i can't remember which episode it was maybe the boyfriend or something one of the ones earlier on when i was on staff but it it has what became a classic seinfeld thing where it all tied to all the storylines would tie right. together at the end and this was like the first episode that it did that and uh larry was kind of both proud and amazed that it happened. I mean, he hadn't, I don't think he went in writing it knowing that was going to happen. And he said to me, I remember him saying that, that uh, he goes, how'd you like that? That was pretty, I couldn't believe that, that we were able to do that. So, you know, it was, it was something new for him too. So yeah, there was learning, learning all along. That was the genesis of the whole show right there, you know? Yeah. And Mark, you were there from the beginning. I mean, the season you were credited with, um, 91 the phone message um and the jacket we have in our top 10 episodes of all time yeah those are those are great oh i mean it, it was such a foundation i feel like those believe it or not are underrated um as we move forward and it kind of moves to thursday night the whole thing i mean we kind of look at it as two shows right like kind of seasons mm-hmm. one through five and then sharona sleeves and the the show kind of takes on a different a different feel, a different vibe, gets a little cartoonish. I'm just curious from mm-hmm. being there at the beginning and then kind of watching it grow and change. We still think it's it's an unbelievable show, but how did you feel about that? And um like what was your take on kind of some of the later seasons? Although actually you 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 wrote uh, your idea was on the the bookstore. So and and yeah. curious about that as well. Yeah. That was uh well, that, yeah, that was again kind of like the limo where I've always wanted to go. Hey, that's my. <laughs> I always want like I'm in the bookstore. I got to use the restroom, so why don't I just take a book? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, were yeah, you sending? So was, you were sending pitches to 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 them even after you know because between season two and season nine, that's that's a long span. Were you yeah. always just come trying to come up with ideas and just um you know after Larry left uh, the first time I I um, I kind of I really slowed down and it was really just you know from like doing a couple hundred pitches a season I probably would do like ten you know if something that I got really hit me. Um, and then, you know, I mean, and then I didn't have a relationship with Spike Ferriston, who was the, uh, at the time. And, uh, but I was like, this, this one's, it's too good. I, right. So, um, so, yeah, so during that time, you just mentioned hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of pitches where you were, you were throwing out there during the, you know, earlier oh, seasons, yeah. how hard was it 
I mean, I, I would, from what we've gathered, Larry, it's really just, it's up to Larry if he likes it and, and just, you know, watching some of your stand up and then hearing you talking now, I, I, you get the sense that you have the same sensibilities as both Larry and Jerry, for sure. Um, how, how difficult did you find it to, to, to sneak one past them where they, they liked it? I mean, it, <laughs> it, it must've been, uh, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, I'd say, you know, I mean, look, I had, uh, if, if, let's say, I don't know, for example, I'm guessing probably did about, let's say six to 800 pitches over the course of the time. And three ended up as episodes. So that tells you that. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's coming from somebody who, uh, you know, I remember Larry, actually it was at the, we were talking at the, um, whatchamacallit, the, uh, uh, Carrie that, that night I was talking Mm -hmm. about with Springsteen and, um, curb was, you know, had started up and, um, and I was like, Oh, maybe I, you know, you want, are you looking for pitches for that? And he goes, yeah, send me, send me things. You know what I like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, somebody who hits three. That's why I always laugh when people go, Oh, I have an idea for Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. You know, I, I know, you know, I, I'm in their heads better than, you know, 99% right, right. of the people out there. And I'm getting one on every three times, you do know, you, but do you remember any of that you thought, man, why did they not take this one? This would have been gold. No, uh, not off the top of my head. <laughs> I mean, just some, some more recent ones. I, I had one. I haven't, I haven't pitched this, but it was, it was hysterical. And to me, this is, would be like, you know, you got to find the right situation. Uh, I've had, I think two in the past five years that I've bothered to send to Larry, but, um, uh, one was when I, uh, I took my, uh, oh, I took a kimono. My wife has a kimono, you know, Japanese kimono and she took it in. I took it in for her to the dry cleaner who was Korean and the person starts railing on, oh, you think kimono's Japanese. It's not Japanese. Well, Koreans were the ones <laughs> start going on that. But uh and then my daughter just told me, she goes, this would be a good curb. And I said, you're right, Sarah. My daughter was driving uh with her boyfriend's parents came to town. This is in Chicago. And uh and she um she stopped at a light like a few back from the from the corner and the, her hair, she got this long blonde hair. Her hair was caught in the, in the window as she's driving and the, the parents are in the back seat. And, uh, so she kind of rolls down the window to get her hair. As she stopped, she rolled down the window to get her hair up and she's going like this to get her hair off the window. And the whole, there's a homeless person on the corner who sees her doing like this and thinks she's waving to the homeless person who's hitting up cars for money <laughs> to come over <laughs> and, and the homeless person starts coming over and Sarah sees the person and rolls up her window. <laughs> so, but you couldn't see the hair or anything. So the parents sitting in the back seat just assume Sarah's like calls the homeless person over and then rolls the window up. Shuts it on him. <laughs> yeah. And that that would be a thing for Larry, but you know who know, whoever knows. It's just right. if it if you hit something that makes Larry laugh, and and it has to be not only does it have to make Larry laugh, but the thing that always was uh, undergirding 
you know, with, with all everything I try to do was he said like the, the limo is funny, uh, or, or the, um, the nipples funny, you know, the bookstore, they're, they're all funny because you can see them from, they're a funny premise that you're laughing at that idea in and of itself. It's not like, Oh, you know, you, George goes to the dry cleaner and something happens that, you know, whatever it's, it's boy, that's funny. And then we can really layer it and make it funny beyond that. So Right. Yours was mm. premise driven versus like character driven. Like, so right, when, right. When you thought about the limo, you didn't have a person in mind, but I mean, the pairing of Jerry and George, like Jason always talks about that. He loves the one-on-one moments with, uh, with Jerry in the show. It really shines. So I guess, was that a common thread? Like with, you know, Matt Goldman, Hazel, Larry Charles, like same kind of deal. Like they would pitch hundreds of ideas similar to what you did. And, um, well, I mean, you know, Matt, Matt and Pat were Matt overlapped with me, uh, for a couple, just like a month or so. Um, and then, uh, and Pat was, I mean, I knew Pat, but he wasn't really, uh, around when I was, I was there. So I never saw those guys come in and pitch anything that first season. I mean, don't forget we, we had, that was when we had plenty of time because, uh, it was a mid season replacement and we were there like in September and the first shows weren't going to be until first airings weren't going to be till January. So it wasn't that time pressure of, okay, one's done. Let's, we got to get the next one up for, for next week. So, uh, Larry and Jerry, you know, and Jerry was still on the scripts then he had, you know, time to, to do that. Um, so that was, uh, and then it even got delayed beyond that because we were supposed to start the night of the Iraq war started or right. yeah. Yeah. The, uh, desert storm, whatever that was. Kuwait. Did it, did it bother you that they phased out the, um, the standup? Um, no, I mean, I, I think the, the show had so much else going on at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my job anymore. <laughs> and, uh, so I, you know, it didn't, it didn't really bother me. I think you were asking earlier about the first seasons versus the later ones. And I think that the volume of the stories took over and there was so much, I mean, I look at them and I was like, or I'll, I'll read or look back at the first ones when I was there and go, boy, this does seem a little slow. Um, and there's only, you know, two stories instead of four. Um, but, uh, at the time, I mean, it was so different and so innovative and I would get those scripts and I would just go, man, this is great. This is just so funny and and so unlike anything else on TV that they're willing to do it. So it didn't it didn't seem <laughs> slow in the moment. Yeah, we're 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 much bigger fans of of those earlier seasons. The slowness of it, it you could call it slow, and a lot of you know, like you just said, but it's really it's about Jerry and and George and just you know what it was like being that age at that time and just the small conversations right. and things, and then it just got too big and kind of crazy but you know to each their own a lot of people like those later seasons but it's not it wasn't yeah. as much for us as as the earlier ones um you know i'm curious you know we'd be remiss if i didn't ask i know i know your relationship with gary shandling was you know he, he was a mentor of yours and you know he's obviously a comedic legend and genius um you know what did what did you see I, aside from their kind of sensibilities uh, comedically was there anything you took from 
you know, working with both Gary and Larry and Jerry, those are three giants in the industry. I mean, what, what can you tell us sort of about, you know, maybe what you kind of took from that? Yeah. I mean, Gary, Gary was brilliant. He was great. Um, and I was so lucky to you know, just have the, he was like the first guy when I went out to LA, he was the first guy I ended up writing for. Um, and, uh, and I learned so much. I mean, cause we would, Get, with Gary, we would talk comedy, and he would go, "Okay, this is why this works, or this is why this doesn't." With with Jerry, I was, I mean, I was. By the time I got there, I was a, a ten years on, and uh, or eight years on, whatever, and knew a lot more, so I could converse with Jerry on a more equal basis uh, to some degree. Um, but still, you know, I mean, with both of them, the level, the detail uh the line, use of the language and and focus and uh you know i think the big the big difference is that gary was uh a character i mean he was himself but that was a character jerry is you know more traditional i mean you don't really you don't <laughs> you don't go oh, this is a jerry jerry seinfeld persona you know it's jerry's brilliant and seeing observational stuff and you know making fun of the world around us um but gary was always trying to find the truth uh in himself and how you know he he always said you know i have to be as close to who i am on stage as i who i am in real life the closer i can get to that the funnier i'll be um and uh and he always strived for that and he i mean he he hit it i mean you know i mean you you wouldn't know who jerry is from his from his stand-up but gary is is was gary (laughs) so that's that was the difference and uh and yeah he was he was so good yeah i agree his show is both of his shows were really uh yeah groundbreaking and just uniquely right. amazing <laughs> right yeah. so mark just touching back to seinfeld you you mentioned the process for the the pick went really fast but were you i mean end results were you happy with it was your vision and your premise were you happy with both of those episodes how they turned out was there things you thought you would have done differently that you would recall I thought that, I mean, they were <laughs> incredible. I mean, I, I, you know, you said it would have been tough using Jerry. I think Elaine, they, they, it was masterful how that, they yeah. used the um, yeah. in that. Yeah. No, I, I was, hey, anytime you get a chance, and <clears throat> this has been <clears throat> throughout my career, but uh, certainly anytime you get a chance to have Larry David write your ideas, <laughs> go for it. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and, and, you know, I say the same thing for all this stand up for this, what I wrote for Jerry, for, or for Paul, for Gary, for any of those guys, you know, and, and any other, other people too. It's just everybody brings their own stuff to it. And if I can, you know, if, if my premises and ideas and joke can get rewritten to, you know, by them, man, I'm lucky and happy to have the, be participating in it. Yeah. I mean, listen, your ideas have been making us laugh for years. And, you know, I think you're continuing that fight with uh, 
shaking with laughter. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, kind of the cause and and how your how your wife's doing? Number one, and just how the, the overall battle on Parkinson's is going. We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, th- thanks for asking. She's doing great. Um, the pandemic was a little bit of a challenge, but because it's amazing how much exercise uh, is is important, and so it was just harder for her to. There was no place to go and get out, and she started this place called In Motion here, which is an unbelievable. We just had a fundraiser run walk, which we had over a thousand people and uh, raised like four hundred thousand. So nice. it was. Uh, it, it was amazing. It's a unique center in the country because it's it's free to anybody with Parkinson's. So, um, but uh, no, shake it. So that's in motion. But shaking with laughter. Um, uh, once she got diagnosed, uh, we wanted to do something, uh, you know, to help out. But initially, it was a little hard because she was keeping it a secret because she was a uh, you know working as a OBGYN and. Uh, also as a moil. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> a moil with Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I don't, I don't even need to write that sounds like a Yeah, it sounds like a curb episode right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but once she, you know, came out and, and revealed it and uh, eventually retired, she, um, you know, we wanted, and I was like, well, I have all these connections and maybe some friends so we can put on a show and you know raise some money and i was thinking like maybe we can raise like 20 grand or something and we did our first show and i had um wayne cotter you know wayne he he used to host uh comic strip live i wrote um on that show after uh, i was on seinfeld was writing on comic strip live wayne had the uh george um uh um, I used to tape uh, Thomas uh, George uh, Jerry's Jerry's who's Jerry's uh, manager uh, George Shapiro George Shapiro, yeah. Shapiro and West Howard George and Howard uh, Shapiro and West they were also Wayne's management so when I left Seinfeld they said oh we got this guy who was great over at Seinfeld uh, you should pick him up and so yeah Wayne they hired me over there um, and Wayne and I became friends so Wayne came in and um Dave Collier is an old friend, um, you know, yeah. Joey on Full House. Um, and uh, yeah, there you go. Cut it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so those those two came in and were the stand-ups. Uh, if you're jazz fans at all, uh, John Pizzarelli is a friend, um, uh, amazing guitarist. Um, and he, uh, he got his quartet together. So anyway, we did this one show, which I thought was going to be a one-time show. And it was we instead of raising 20 grand we raised about 150 and um and larry and then we realized we had to do it again and again and we did it for like seven years uh bringing in all different comedians and musicians and stuff and and the fun one of the fun things for comedy wise was um uh there was a um online bidding thing called uh um uh charity buzz yeah, mm-hmm. uh, where you know it's like high end people would do things that are celebrity wise a lot of times that are sports things, tickets, whatever things that are hard to get. People would bid on, and um, so the best ask I did was for Larry um, the first year because Curb was uh, Curb wasn't even going on, I don't think at the time, but uh, 
uh, I said, Larry would somehow we came upon that he would do a pitch meeting. You could do a, have a 20 minute pitch meeting with Larry, uh, <laughs> on any, you know, for anything you want. And people bid on this and it went for like 18 grand. And I was I like, wow. Higher than that. Well, but you know, it, I mean, it was that's like, a lot, but yeah, it was but when curb wasn't going on and Seinfeld was, you know, okay. so it wasn't like you were pitching for a show or something. Right. Right. But then a couple other times Larry did do once curb was going, he did. Um, I remember the last year we did it. He did a walk on part. Like you could have a walk on part, um, you know, not, uh, you wouldn't have a line, but you get to you'll go on the right. set and meet Larry and, and try to get your walk on part. And that went for 50, 52 grand. Oh, wow. So, so that was, really, yeah, that was, that was great. And, uh, and Jerry gave tickets to one of the shows once with much for like five grand. And then I had actually the one year I had, um, this was like before, I mean, this was like what cameo I should, I should have come up with cameo. That was, <laughs> that was the thing. But, um, or we did uh, tell a joke for Parkinson's and you could bid on any number of comedians telling you a joke they would call you up and tell you a joke um so uh so i had the whole everybody on the cast uh did it uh you know julia and and jason and michael and uh actually jerry didn't do that but uh you know and larry did it too larry did it and larry was the most he he went for like the highest. I don't remember what he went for, but he was the highest of, of all the comedians and everybody. Uh, and uh, he um, he was the most nervous about it. He was like, "I don't have a joke. I need a joke." Call <laughs> <laughs> he was calling the charity buzz people. What do I? How do I? Do? You know, if I, I sent him like four jokes, four of my favorite jokes. I just wrote them out and said, "Here, Larry, just pick one of these and call the person and tell them the joke." <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's great i mean that's so great to hear and larry, larry had that, that episode with michael j fox on um yeah you know, on curb so that's on a curb. that's a tie-in right there um well, that, it's wonderful yeah, to hear. The, at one point i think i called him like right after they taped that not knowing that it had taped and uh and larry was like i just i just had michael j fox here so of course i'll do it you know so that was <laughs> that was wow. a good that's so great to hear these stories. I mean, it's amazing that, you know, the work you guys are doing. Um, and we really thank you for, for joining us, Mark. Um, that your video. That's all right. Yeah. Sorry. That was my, uh, that's all right. Um, you know, before we let you go, you did mention in there, you know, about the cast helping you out, uh, you know, with the charity charity work. Um, we didn't really get to talk too much about that, but just curious your, your take on, um, you know, on working with, with the cast, Jason and, and Michael and, and Julia, um, you know, who you found writing for the better or, or, you know, just kind of, you know, what it was like kind of working on set with those guys, um, and girl, um, just curious, you know, what, what your, what your overall take there was. I mean, we've heard so much about their professionalism and just how amazing they were. We obviously see it, but you know, as someone who was there, we're just curious on your take. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a pleasure. It wasn't, you know, I had no preconceived notions or anything. It was my first time on a show and, uh, yeah. And I didn't have that much to do with them. I would, you know, chat with them here and there. And, uh, Jason was always a great guy and he, he was, I, I don't know if he made it out, but I'd always invite him to the, uh, uh comedian softball game 
there was a famous comedian softball game on Mondays um, when everybody, all the comedians were in town. So um, wanted to get him to that because he was a he was a fan. And um, uh, you know, I mean, they've all been you know very very kind. And but there was never any you know. Sometimes they would come into the office and be complaining about you know, their particular episode or wondering why they were not complaining, but, you know, what's my role here? Why am I doing this or questioning something about that was going on? But that wasn't really, you know, that was just me seeing it happen. I didn't have anything to do with it. That was just Jerry and Larry's uh, stuff. So yeah, no, they were just very kind, nice people (laughs) trying to figure it out. Everybody was just trying to figure it out. Right. that's what I was going to say. It was early on where they didn't really have everything kind of locked completely yeah. in yet. There was yeah. definitely, you know, a lot of it locking in, but it wasn't yeah. really speed, you know, full speed. Ahead. And everyone was yeah. like, you know, so like if one episode, Michael wasn't in much, he'd be like, Oh, what I do, you know, am I okay? You know, relax. <laughs> It'll work out. Right. I mean, I say that now, but I understand, you know, at right. the time. Um, I'm glad, J- uh, glad Jason Alexander was uh, playing some softball with you. And speaking of speaking of sports, I'll leave, field, you with, we heard. I'll leave you with this since you're in, you're in Cleveland, Mark. Favorite Cleveland athlete, Bernie Kozar, Brad Darty, or Carlos Baerga? I got to choose amongst those three? Yeah, why not? Or throwing you throwing your favorite. Well, I'm I'm um, above and everything a, a baseball fan. So, uh, and I love basketball too, but. Um, so, I mean, LeBron is near and dear to my heart in every way. I used to go see him in high school and uh, um, what he did to bring us a champ. My one, one final <laughs> championship, I got one. And uh, other than that, there's plenty of uh, wonderful guys. I, I Unfortunately, now there's a little taint on Omar Vizquel. So that's because uh, he was... He was my daughter's favorite, so that he has a had a spot in my heart. Uh, and uh, but my favorite as a kid was Louis Tian. Nice. Oh, probably, nice. You probably think of him as a Red Sox, but no, he was he was my my favorite. Sixty eight, one point one two ERA. Man, he was he had like I don't know how many consecutive scoreless innings. Louis was the best, and he'd do that. He'd smoke a cigar while he was pitching. I think. <laughs> when, when they used to pitch they don't make them like yeah they don't make them like that anymore yeah yeah louis was louis was great well mark this was uh this was a blast and um keep fighting the fight keep making us laugh and um we'll help mm-hmm. we can we really appreciate it thank you mark right. this was so much fun thanks so much guys appreciate it keep up the good work <laughs> Cheers. Have a great day. Bye.